weeks at number one, Glenn Miller's String of Pearls, and down at number four, the Jerry Grant. Goodman's Orchestra and the Jersey Bounce. It's at number three this week in 1942. It would spend six weeks in the runner-up position on the Billboard sales survey, but it would make it to number one on a couple of other charts. And now it's movie time. Let's see what was up on the big screen this weekend 81 years ago. First, the shorts. There's the latest from the Stooges, Cactus Makes Perfect. Molary and Curly head west to find gold. For the cartoons, Conrad the Sailor. Daffy Duck creates chaos aboard a battleship for Conrad Cat. And there's the Wabbit Who Came to Supper. Elmer Fudd has willed $3 million, but he can't harm any animals, especially rabbits. So, of course, Bugs Bunny is there to test his fortitude. features that we have a lot of them. There's the ghost of Frankenstein, Cedric Harvick, Bella Lugosi, Ralph Bellamy, Dr. Kildare's Victory, Lou Ayers, and Lionel Barrymore. Gangbusters has Kent Taylor and Irene Hervey. Sabu stars in Jungle Book. The remarkable Andrew, Brian Dunlevy plays Andrew Jackson. He's also in A Gentleman After Dark with Miriam Hopkins and Preston Foster. The war films, They Died With Their Boots On, Errol Flynn and Olivia de Havilland. To the shores of Tripoli, John Payne, Maureen O'Hara, Randolph Scott, and Captains of the Cloud, James Cagney and Dennis Morgan. How is that, sir? Oh, no, it was all right. You did everything according to the rules, which is fine in peacetime. But in a war, it doesn't work out that way. You've got to get on top of your enemy, pick your time and close in and let them have it. You develop an instinct for it, and when you get it, use it. Comedy shows Rio Rita with Abbott and Costello and Catherine Grayson. My favorite blonde, Bob Hope and Madeline Carroll. Woman of the Year, Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. Blondie's Blessed Event, Penny Singleton and Arthur Lake as the Bumsteads welcome daughter Cookie. The Tuttles of Tahiti with Charles Lawton. To Be or Not to Be with Jack Benny and the late Carol Lombard who died in a plane crash in January. 
and a Christmas movie still playing, The Man Who Came to Dinner, with Betty Davis and Monty Woolley. The trouble is, Mr. Whiteside, that your being in this town comes under the heading of news, so I just got to get a story. Ah, pecan butternut fun. Oh, my, you mustn't eat candy, Mr. Whiteside. It's very bad for you. My great-aunt Jennifer ate a whole box of candy every day of her life. She looked to be 102, and when she'd been dead three days, she looked better than you do now. Monty Woolley tormenting Mary Wicks and the man who came to dinner. And finally, the musicals. There's Always in My Heart, starring Gloria Warren. Warner Brothers was hoping she'd become their Deanna Durbin. But Walter Houston wound up being the star of this show. Songs of the Islands has Betty Grable. Part of the Rio Grande, Gene Autry. Lots of music in What's Cookin', The Andrews Sisters, Woody Herman. Sunset on the Desert has Roy Rogers. Ship Ahoy, Eleanor Powell, Red Skelton, Burt Lard, Tommy Dorsey. And Babes on Broadway with Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland. And Judy sang How About You. When a girl meets boy, life can be a joy. But the note they end on will depend on little pleasures they will share. So let us compare. I like New York in June. How about you? I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? I love a fireside when a storm is due. I like potato chips, moonlight motor trips. How about you? I'm mad about good books. Can't get my fill And Franklin Roosevelt's looks Give me a thrill Holding hands in the movie show When all the lights are low May not be new But I like it How about you? I'll shine I'd like to see your name Right beside mine I can see we're in harmony Looks like we both agree On what to do And I like it How Judy Garland, how about you from the motion picture Babes on Broadway? 
at the cinema this weekend in 1942, and we're listening to the memories on Seems Like... It's WQJC LP in Quincy, where you hear your favorite music again. And again. Today on Seems Like Old Times, we're breaking the bank with our musical theme, Money. I've got... 90,000 pounds in my pajamas. I've got 40,000 French francs in my fridge. I've got lots of lovely lira now. The Deutsche Mark's getting dearer, and my dollar bills would buy the Brooklyn Bridge. There is nothing quite as wonderful as money. There is nothing quite as beautiful as cash. Some people say it's folly, but I'd rather have the lolly. With money, you can make a splash. Full of ducats, let me walk around and waller in Mazuba. El Nero, wanna be a millionaire? Give me money, 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 money. I want that green ammunition. That's the stuff for which I'm wishing. Fill my closet with deposits. I'm a demon at addition. Give me shekels, give me pesos. Let me see their smiling pesos. Give me money, 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 money. I wanna get me a suit that's made out of loot and whistle the wearing of the green. I got that monetary itis, like to be just like King Midas. I like that golden touch, is what I mean. Give me that old double eagle, want that tender that is legal and financially substantial. Any sum I can inveigle, want to live in regal splendor with that love and legal tender. Give me money, 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 money. Come back to the fold. With silver you can turn your dreams to gold. 
with Plenty of Money and You. Well, that was Ginger Rogers with an earlier episode from that series, The Gold Diggers of 1933. That was The Gold Diggers' song, or We're in the Money. Before that, famous voiceover guy Paul Fries playing the role of Big Jim Buchanan in a 1954 record called Money. And we kicked it off with the Monty Python gang and the Money song. Well, you know, some people have money to burn. Others, after tax day, will be more like this. My bills are all due, and the baby needs shoes, and I'm busted. Cotton is down to a quarter of a pound, but I'm busted. I got a cow that went by, and a hen that won't lay. A big stack of bills that gets bigger each day. The county's gonna haul my belongings away, cause I'm busted. My brother to ask for a loan Cause I was busted I hate to think Like a dog without his bone But I'm busted My brother said There ain't a thing I can do My wife and my kids Are all down with the flu And I was just thinking about Calling on you And I'm busted But a man can go wrong when he's busted. The food that we can the last summer is gone. I'm 
again, stepping perhaps a bit out of character in singing a song from Americana, a song that has taken its audiences by storm, which may be explained by its theme, which is both poignant and different. Brother, can you spare a dime? I built a tower to the sun, brick and rivet and lime. Once I built a tower, now it's done. Brother, can you spare a dime? Once in cocky suits, she we looked swell, full of that Yankee doodle-dum. Half a million boots went slogging through hell, and I was the kid with a drum. Say, don't you remember they called me Al? It was Al all the time. Say, don't you remember I'm your pal? Buddy, can you spare a dime?
from 1931, Rudy Valley and his Connecticut Yankees, Brother, Can You Spare a Dime? And it was Ray Charles from 1963, Busted. We're having a cash party today on Seems Like Old Time. WQJC, 107.9 FM, Quincy. Footlight Parade, we're going to hear about Yip Harburg, one of the great lyric writers for Broadway and Hollywood, and our guest is his son, Ernie. I'm Bill Redman, inviting you to join me each week right here as we celebrate Sounds of the American Musical. You're listening to Seems Like Old Times. I'm Craig Orndorff. Today, we've turned the calendar back 81 years to April of 1942. And now, let's take a look at sports. And even though America's in war mode, baseball is still operating. And this was the first weekend of the season. President Roosevelt gave baseball the go-ahead to play, saying he thought it would be best for the country to keep baseball going. And he encourages more night games so that war workers may attend. And the first player to enlist was Hank Greenberg. He was followed by Bob Feller. And Lou Boudreaux has been named player manager of the Cleveland Indians. He's 24 years, 4 months, and 8 days old, making him the youngest skipper in the 20th century. And speaking of the Indians, Jim Bagby retired 20 in a row on Saturday, hurling the Tribe to a 4-hit shutout over the White Sox. Elsewhere in the NHL, Toronto won the Stanley Cup this weekend, beating Detroit Saturday in Game 7, 3-1, capping a comeback from 3 games to none down. In college basketball, Stanford won the NCAA tournament, beating Dartmouth 53-38. While over in the NIT, West Virginia upset heavily favored Long Island, and then in the final, nipped Western Kentucky 47-45. And that's a look at sports from this weekend in 1942. And back on the countdown now, we're up to number two. Helen Forrest sings with the Harry James Orchestra. Behind 
week in 42, Harry James Orchestra with Helen Forrest, I Don't Want to Walk Without You. It would spend five weeks in the runner-up position and never make number one on Billboard, but it did hit number one elsewhere for the 26-year-old leader Harry James and his girl vocalist, Helen Forrest, who just turned 25. Well, we're going to walk down to the market now and pick up a few items because the weekend is here. Oranges, two dozen for 59 cents. Two pints of strawberries, 33 cents. Coffee is 20 cents a pound. 10 cents for a loaf of bread, 35 cents for a dozen eggs, milk is 15 cents a quart, butter 42 cents a pound, bacon 27 cents a pound, and to cure all our ills, Alka-Seltzer is 49 cents. Alka-Seltzer can make a big difference in the way you feel when you're troubled with so many of the common ailments that occasionally make life miserable. Now whether it's a headache, an upset stomach, a touch of acid indigestion, muscular aches and pains, or cold distress that makes you feel miserable and down in the mouth. Alka-Seltzer offers you the kind of relief that can make you feel better in a hurry. And you really welcome the fast relief Alka-Seltzer offers, folks. Because you never know when you want it, in the middle of the night, or first thing when you wake up in the morning, we suggest that you always keep a package of these friendly, dependable, effervescent tablets in your home and at your place of work. Handy to help you get back on the happy side of life fast. Ask your druggist for a package or two of Alka-Seltzer tablets without further delay. Lou Crosby, the announcer there, pitching Alka-Seltzer on the Lum and Abner Show. We've got a bonus hit for you from this weekend in 42. Here's the new one from Dick Jurgens Orchestra, One Dozen Roses. beside them and send them to the one I love. She'll be glad to receive them and I know she'll believe them. There's something we've been talking of. There may be orange blossoms later, kind of think that there will. For she's done something to me and my heart won't keep still. So give me one dozen roses, put my heart in beside them, and send them to the one I love. 
blossoms later Kinda think that there will For she's done something to me My heart won't keep still So give me one dozen roses Put my heart in beside them And send them to the one I love The Dick Jurgens Orchestra featuring Buddy Moreno on the vocals of One Dozen Roses That's just been released and soon will be a number three hit a record from the springtime of 1942 on today's Seems Like Old Time. Your jazz source in Quincy, Illinois, WQJC LP. the turn and heading for home on today's Seems Like Old Times. But before we go, let's take care of some business. The website, oldtimesradio.com. Go there, be sure to check out the program schedule, our list of affiliates, and of course the wildly popular Listen Now section, where you can hear previous programs on demand. If you'd like to get in touch with me, the email address, Craig, C-R-A-I-G, at oldtimesradio.com, and follow Seems Like Old Times on Facebook and Twitter. All right, well, we're up to our last money song of the day, and I always like to close with this one, something a little less superficial and a little more substantial and meaningful. Here's Betty Rhodes, Those Things Money Can't Buy. To walk and talk with you in the moonlight To share a kiss for each star in the sky To know you care, care, care for me only Those things money can't buy To have a one-way ticket to heaven upon the wings of our dreams we can fly to know i'll never never be lonely those things money can't buy to have a perfect understanding is worth its weight in gold but dear a perfect understanding you can't buy you know why it ain't so to have and hold, hold, hold you forever. To know our love, love, love will not die. To hear you whisper, darling, I love you. Those things money can't buy.
money can't buy. There's Betty Rhodes with the Charles Dant Orchestra from 1947, Those Things Money Can't Buy. As we've had money songs in the showcase today on Seems Like Old Times. And now, we're up to the number one song in the USA from this weekend in 1942. But first, some news headlines. And, of course, it would have to be the war. We talked about the European front earlier. Now let's go to the Pacific, where every day Japan seems to be winning another victory. Most notably, two weeks ago, the capture of the Bataan Peninsula in the Philippines. 78,000 U.S. and Filipino troops are captured. 2,000 escaped to Corregidor, but the rest have begun a 65-mile march under the hot sun from Marivelles to San Fernando with little food or water. It would become known as the Bataan Death March. General Douglas MacArthur had been ordered out of the Philippines by the president in late February, and he's now set up in Australia. The Japanese have already taken Manila. They've captured Kuala Lumpur and Singapore. They're attacking Ceylon, and they've invaded Burma, which is the gateway to India. We needed some good news, and we finally got it this weekend. A small force of B-25 Mitchell bombers attacked Tokyo, led by Lieutenant Colonel Jimmy Doolittle. The United States aircraft carrier Hornet, part of a task force steaming into Japanese waters, is now revealed as the secret base from which American planes first bombed Tokyo. Sixteen B-25s, twin-motored Army bombers, lashed to the Hornet's flight deck. Colonel Doolittle assembles his 80 volunteers before the flight. Not until this moment is their objective revealed. The heart of the island empire. Never before have big loaded bombers been launched in such numbers from a carrier at sea. Doolittle's plane is first down the runway. As the carrier plows through heavy seas, one bomber after another soars from the flight deck. Each bomber sets its course for carefully prearranged military objectives in Japan. A course that will put them over Tokyo at high noon in broad daylight. The Yokosuka Naval Base ablaze. Arms plants, rail yards, and oil refineries smashed by the raiders in Tokyo, Yokohama, Kobe, and Osaka. Then journeys end for the great adventure. Fuel gone, 15 of the planes are wrecked as their crews are forced to bail out over China and Japanese-occupied territory. The Japanese government flatly admits that of eight uniformed flyers captured, some have been executed. This in flagrant violation of all international law. Sixty-four of the 80 men who took off were rescued, and most of them have returned to duty. In Chongqing, Madam Chiang Kai-shek honored Doolittle and his gallant men for a raid that did much to shake the complacency of the Japanese warlord. From the Universal Newsreel, a few months later, detailing the Doolittle raid on Tokyo. A morale boost for the USA in the headlines this weekend in 1942. And at the top of the Billboard record sales chart this week, it's the 20th number one hit for the Glenn Miller Orchestra, Moonlight Cocktail.
Cocktail was an old ragtime number by Lucky Roberts called Ripples of the Nile. But it was so fast and syncopated, nobody could play it. So he slowed the tempo and then published it as Moonlight Cocktail. Lyrics were added by Ken Gannon, a New York attorney who became a songwriter at the age of 40. And this was his biggest song to date, although next year he'd write an even more enduring song, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Moonlight Cocktail from the Glenn Miller Orchestra with Ray Eberly and the Modern Airs on the vocals. It spent 10 weeks at number one, including this weekend in 1942. And that's it for this week's show, everybody. We are all out of time. It's been great having you here, and I look forward to you coming back next week. And until we meet again, this is Craig Orndorff signing off for Seems Like Old Times. I'm Craig Orndorff on the next Seems Like Old Times. Our musical theme will be Money 
Tax day is coming up, so we're going to have songs about having money or not. And for the countdown this week, we go back to the middle of April in 1942. So come listen to the memories on the next Seems Like Old Times. WQJC, 107.9 FM, Quincy.
Oh, hey, I got 47 minutes on this. I'm just an old veteran sitting out here in the sun like an old dog listening to this radio show at the Illinois Veterans Home. I've been trying to push this cloning idea. If you listen to any of my podcasts, one life ain't enough. And this life is nearly over for me. Jesus said we'd all be born again. Well, I'm waiting for him to get her done. But in the meantime, I'm going to try to help him out a little and get myself born again as a clone. You know, uh, I can do the body part. Jesus said we'd be born again, complete and total. That's what a clone is. Now, my soul, well, it's got to leave the old dead body, you know. And a new soul, I guess, will be assigned to the new baby me. So, I hope that new soul has as much fun with this old body as I have. It's been a good one. Of course, like everybody, you got gutter balls and strikes in life. And I'm kind of glad in a way to be getting done with it. Uh, things are working out all right. Anyway, think about getting cloned. The ultimate life insurance policy. Trying to get Elon Musk interested in it. I'm about ready to go on one of them international dating services and see if I can find me a young woman that would marry me and has, she could have my pensions to live on and be my wife and then my mom and then my little sister. And she could raise us both. We don't know. We're just her babies. And she can have other babies with her husband or whoever and raise us all together as a family. And you know, don't even tell us we're clones until we're 18. And if I can set this up right, when I turn 18, I should have plenty of assets. And when I get them, if my mom and the rest of my family needs my help, I'll do my best. Thank you.
WQJC, 107.9 FM, Quincy. Jeff here at Second Chance Furniture. We're a proud sponsor of WQJC. Stop in and find some treasures in our 12,000 square foot showroom. Furniture, antiques, and collectibles await you and your friends. See for yourself what people are talking about. Plus, there's Why Not Hot Tubs, too. Two businesses under one roof. So take in some music and enjoy a walk through the past at Second Chance Furniture, Antiques, and Collectibles at 615 Main, where we're still getting down downtown.
funny how money changes
I'll tell you what. <laughs> they ain't playing much in the way of music right now. Uh, I wish it was something better, but, but that's all there is. So I'm going to tell you a little story. I knew a friend of mine. His, his name was uh, Denny Grimm. And he died about a year ago at my age. He was 72. He found out he had stage four lung cancer. And, and I was trying to get him to write down his story. I think he was a real Vietnam War hero. And he got a dishonorable discharge. One of only 60 in the whole war. Those people in my life who lined them up and shot them down like worthless dogs, them gooks. You know how many of them got dishonorables? Not a one. Then he got a dishonorable for standing up for his company. Now, this would probably have been around 67 or 68 possibly 69 Denny was from Quincy, Illinois here graduated high school joined the army off on a great adventure joined for four years did his first tour there in Vietnam and uh, towards the end of it they offered him the option of going to officers candidate school well Denny that first tour he didn't really have no problems and uh, he really I think he had a lot of fun with uh, the guys over there so he said yeah sign me up so he came back they give him six months training in san francisco he said it was just one big party time he seen janice joplin or seen a bunch of people there at fillmore west and party he had a hell of a good time he said when he went back over to vietnam to get assigned his company company's got a hundred men in it it was all black and they asked Denny if, if that would bother him well Danny you know he grew up around black people here in Quincy and he said no he said you know he didn't care so him and his black company were given lots of assignments at that time the army was trying to figure out what ratio of black soldiers and white soldiers worked the best they had all white companies they had mixed companies with different percentages the problem was most a lot of the white guys didn't like the black guys a lot of the black guys didn't like the white guys so people kind of questioned their combat abilities you know who's going to go to the front you're going to be a black guy that charges to the front when you got 75 percent white guys standing behind you are you going to be a white guy that charges to the front when you got some black guys standing behind you? You know, those days, racism was, well, pretty common. It still is. And I, it kind of disturbs me that they act like there ain't no racism. I mean, to me, it's obvious here in Quincy, you, there ain't no black bars. You know, we got quite a few black people, but they can't put a damn bar together with just black people that they've tried a few times and just don't work <clears throat> and most bars here in Quincy if they get too many black people all the white people quit coming in and the bar dies out 
or usually what happens, the white people quit coming in, then the black people quit coming in, then the white people start coming back. And, uh, you know, a few of the black people will still come and go as long, as long as the number is not real high. Anyway, when they say racism, racist, yeah, it's alive and well. And it's left over from the Civil War. The Civil War was never really ended. At the end of the Civil War, the white racists down there, well, they absolutely hated the party of Lincoln. And they did the very best from then until now to fight the party of Lincoln. Well, now the party of Lincoln is Democrat, <laughs> and the party of the Confederates is primarily the Republicans. I set up a website that was called the uh, New Confederate Army of America. The the basic core of this new party, I spent a thousand bucks setting it up, oh, but I can't set it up. I'm too old, too weak. But the core belief of the New American Confederate Party is that every state has a right to peacefully secede from the Union over a 10-year period. How do you do that? Well, first year, it's a majority Hey, I'm just going to listen to this music here.
Hey, I'm going to stop this podcast because I'm up to an hour and 20 minutes. And this dumb phone, if I don't stop it before it hits its time limit, it just disappears. So the only way I can publish it is to stop it before the uh, end time. This is an Apple phone and it says no media file. And I don't know how to set up a media file on it I'm dumb. Anyway, I started to tell you the story about Denny Grimm. He is a real war hero. He had an all-black company. And he went to combat with him many, many times. And he told me some of his stories before he died. But he never told me eh, until he was in his 70s. Uh, we was just drinking beer. I didn't even know he was in the service. And uh, uh, I was really kind of shocked. I never knew anybody got a dishonorable before. Like I said, only 60 of them got it. And I got a hold of the VA and I was trying to get him... Uh, to get some VA benefits, he got absolutely nothing from the VA. And he got hit with shrapnel and a, and a, a rifle round, and he got nothing from the VA. And you know, he didn't care. He didn't care. He said he was just glad to get out of that damn mess alive. So he never even tried to get anything from the VA. Anyway, he died a penniless old man living on minimum Social Security at a the lowest cost place here in Quincy he could find. Anyway, I'll try to finish telling his story here one of these days. I'm going to stop this 